A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's take a look at week two, part two of this series, Under God, One Nation. On Tuesday, if you haven't already done this through early voting, perhaps, on Tuesday we're going to exercise our constitutional right to vote. And that constitution, of course, begins with very familiar words, simple words, we, the people, right? And then we've got the Pledge of Allegiance, which we talked about last week a little bit, One nation, under God, indivisible, say it with me, with liberty and justice for all. The American experience, if you think about this, the American experience, which is now almost 250 years old, really does have a remarkable goal in mind, truly, that every person, regardless of their nationality, their race, their color of their skin, Regardless of their social economic status, regardless of their gender, regardless of their age from conception until natural death, each person is, as the Declaration of Independence says, created equal, endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. Now, when you put this in the context and you think about this in the history of all of the world, no other nation has ever really done this. Quite simply, the way the history of the world goes is that one nation or one race or one tribe simply conquers the other. They slaughter them or they enslave them or at best they assimilate the conquered into the ways of the conqueror. There was no room for differences in those ways. There's certainly no equality. The idea that a a nation could be made up of, of peoples from many nations and races and languages and all kinds of backgrounds, and that all of them, each person would have equal rights, this is truly revolutionary. Now, where do you think the founders got that idea? However, I think as we all know, when it comes to living out that idea, we have a most imperfect story, don't we? I mean, how can a nation talk about equality and not give equal dignity to the most vulnerable and the most fragile among us, our own children living in a mother's womb? 
How can such a nation that talks about equality have once kept other human beings as slaves and then commit all kinds of hate-filled atrocities simply because of the color of a person's skin? Our national conscience and our memory is deeply wounded, and we keep reopening those wounds with new injustice and new violence, and we never really let them heal. At times, there are movements that claim they are seeking equality, but they end up actually inflicting new injustices. And there seems to be no leader who is capable of uniting us and restoring our trust in one another. But despite all of this and what we have seen on the news, or maybe what we've even experienced, this self-evident truth, common sense, it still remains deeply planted in our hearts, doesn't it? That every person is created equal. Like Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we do have a dream We have a dream that one day this will be true, and it is a dream that we cannot give up on because this dream is our human destiny. On Tuesday, we will have what seems to be one of the tensest and ugliest elections this country has seen. We have a fragile society, friends, that seems like it's fracturing all around us. Perhaps it's even on the verge of collapse. But we gather today as the church for a feast that lays before us the vision for humanity. The dream is held before us on All Saints Day because, see, this is God's original plan and His vision for humanity. This is His dream. So what I'd like us to do is let the words of Revelation, our our first reading, Come and flood our imaginations again and fill our hearts with great hope. John writes this. After this, I had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count. From every nation, race, people, and tongue, they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation comes from our God, who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb, These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This, this is our human destiny. We, the people, all nations, all languages, all races, truly united as a family around the throne of Jesus. We, the people, the people of God, What I want us to do this morning is to look at the colors that are in this reading for us. First, red, the color of blood. No matter what your color of skin might be or the different background you might come from, we all have the same red blood flowing through our veins. So how could we ever spill the precious blood of another human being? We are indeed each made by God, unique and unrepeatable, and yet we're also made of the same stuff, the same humanity. And our God, Jesus, has the same human blood flowing through his veins, which means that human blood has now become sacred and divine blood. How could we ever 
spill the precious blood of God. But the blood that was spilled at Calvary, my friends, which was the greatest injustice of all time, right? When we killed our human brother, who also is our God, when we killed him, that injustice, though, in a great mystery, brings about justice. It makes things right because his blood forgives and it heals and it reconciles and it unites us as one family. We are blood. The red blood of Jesus freely, willingly poured out for us then gives us another color, says Revelation, the color of white. Now let me just pause right there. This is not white as in white people or the color that you find in your box of crayons even. Listen to this. It says, Revelation says, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now you cannot wash a robe in red blood and get it to turn out that way, to turn out white. Which means that this white revelation is talking about is something totally other. We might want to say that it's the color of heaven. And let me see if I can illustrate this. Do you know where else the same color of white is used in the Scripture? Many, many places. Here's a couple of them. Remember Jesus' transfiguration? When he takes Peter and James and John with him up on the mountain and Moses and Elijah show up. Listen to me very quickly to the accounts that were given. Matthew says this, Jesus was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Mark says, Jesus was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. Luke says, as Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. Now the word dazzling there could also be translated as lightning. Remember the resurrection when the angels show up at the empty tomb? It says that they're wearing robes that are in this white lightning. What the evangelists are trying to do for us is to describe the the indescribable. And there's a reason why at the transfiguration and at the resurrection and all these accounts we have in Revelation that give us that vision of heaven, there's a reason why people are constantly falling on their faces because of this dazzling white, bright light that's brighter than the sun, that's brighter than lightning, that is emanating from God Himself. There's a reason There is nothing in your Crayola box that can even begin to describe this light, this color. This is a color for which there is not a color on earth. It is the light of God's own life and His glory that is permeating and penetrating and radiating everything, including us, humanity. The red blood of the Lamb washes people of every color, every nation, every race, every people, every tongue, and he then clothes us in this light. Paul writes, give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Yes, my friends, we are created equal. But the supreme dignity of humanity is that this, this is our destiny. And if you think about it this way, think about how a light shines on a prism. When that light enters the prism, then that's when you can see all the different colors. My friends, heaven literally will be a rainbow of humanity in the light of our God. 
That's the dream. I'd like you to pause with me for just a moment now then on this All Saints Day. And I'd like you to imagine, I'd like you to imagine all of your loved ones who have gone before you, perhaps heavy on your heart. We've even had a couple, one this morning and even this week. Think of all the great saints, our great heroes of faith in Scripture and in the stories of the church. But I also want you to imagine all the races, all the peoples of the world. Try to imagine this scene, this indescribable scene that is described for us in Revelation. All of us there gathered around the throne of the Lamb, united in Christ, truly in love with Him and with each other. If you can imagine that, then no matter what your politics might be, no matter how you might vote this week, no matter the experiences you've had in this world, go out there and see every person in this light. The Apostle John said in our second reading, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. This dream is not yet. But we are still, John says, God's children now. So let's see every person that way. When we are tempted to look at someone with distrust or maybe even with disgust, let's remind ourselves this too is a child of God, a sister, a brother. And let us as a Trinity family see people this way. Let's be honest with ourselves for just a moment. Our congregation does not really look that much like this diverse vision of heaven, or even like our own diverse community. And we need to ask ourselves, why is that? On the other hand, here's the thing, we can't force that to happen, nor do I think we should be motivated by guilt and say, oh, okay, so what we need to do is have some kind of racial quota so that we can all feel better about ourselves. No, 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 no. But here's what we can do. Because I don't know what it's like. But I have talked to people who do know what it's like. To have someone treat you differently because of this color of your skin or for some other reason. Here is what we can do. It's the very same thing we've been talking about all fall. This is our one mission. What we can do is join Jesus on his mission. And we just simply open up our hearts to every person who comes our way, who God places in our lives, whether they're like us or not. We can work to make sure every person is treated with equal dignity. We can strive to protect and to nurture every human life. My friends, no matter who we meet in this community of ours or who might walk through our own doors, let's see them in the light of heaven. Let's see each person whom God has created with whom we share a common humanity. Let us see each person for whom Jesus shed his own red blood who shares with us a common destiny. Let's start living the dream of heaven right now. Because someday this nation of ours and all the nations of the world will be no more. And what right now is the not yet, it will be the now. 
and we will all be under God. We, the people, the communion of saints, one human family that is united around the throne of Jesus.